Again. All right. And welcome to episode 45 of Ripping the Rack podcast. I am your tri-host. I keep saying tri-host. I don't know if that's a thing, but fuck it. We're making it a thing. We'll go with I'm, it. We're going with it. I'm your tri-host, Tim. With me today is uh, one leg of the tri-host. Uh, that would be Maki. Maki, how you yeah, doing? Get, what's up, dudes? Doing good. Brian, right. the other the other third leg. I like to think of us as like the Triforce in Zelda, and I'm the strength leg of us. I will go with that. Okay. I will go with that. Okay. So what, what does that make Maki? Well, there's there's knowledge and yep. power are the other two. So or knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge so, and wisdom. I'm gonna go with knowledge from Marky because yep. Tim, you have the wisdom. And this, yes, that's a polite way to say you're older than us. I was gonna say that's kind of the that's kind of the uh Tim, you're old type thing. No, no, but you're you seasoned and you have wisdom. Seasoned is such a better word. Such yes. a better word. Such a better I, I am definitely seasoned. And not Montreal well, seasoned. Yeah. No, no, not Montreal, not not Habs uh dirty Habs. Dirty, dirty Habs. Dirty stinking Habs. Oh, no. Montreal season's good on the steak, but that's the that that's it. I like it personally myself. I mean, the Habs will always and forever suck, but on my steak, Montreal season's not bad. I I dig it. Oh I, yeah, I, no, I, no, I, I can go with that. Yeah, Habs will always always suck. Angela, yeah, you heard forever. me. I, forever. I I heard. And yes, you are getting ganged up by three guys. So, <laughs> put it in a nice way. But we're doing it in a nice way. <laughs> oh God, this is off the rails already. Moving on. Moving, <laughs> moving on up. Uh, on up. So last week uh, we talked a little bit about uh, I don't know uh, young bowlers, young up and coming bowlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the and ladies. We didn't, and we didn't know. Yeah, and we didn't know who Carla was. Uh, we we were. Um, we were told who it was. Uh, Marky, you want to let everyone know who Carla, Carla is? Carla is Blanca, Lou, and Fernando's youngest sister. I uh, was bowling in uh, Friday Night Pro League. Kitty! I was bowling in the Friday Night Pro League up at Lita with all the boys, and Lou bowls in that league. Lou Gonchano, what's up, Lou? And um, he laughed his ass off at me that I didn't know who Kala was. He came up and gave me a good deal of crap about that for a while. I deserved every bit of it. But I had just never met Kala before. And I still haven't. But confirmed, she is one of the Gonchana siblings. So good for her for jumping out into the world and trying to throw her name out there and getting picked up for tournaments and doing things. Good for her. Absolutely. 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 So, Brian, what's new with you, buddy? Oh, not much. Um, yeah, not, not much really. Just doing the podcast, doing the shows. That's Kitty Tail right there. Kitty Tail our, all over the uh, place. Our, our podcasting producing cat. That's Luna. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, oh, starting potty training with the boy this Thursday. So, mm-hmm. oh, I thought you meant you. Pray. I was going to be um, so proud of you. Pray well, they're going to do it together. They're doing it together. That's right. It's a together thing. It's a father son oh, thing. So, Kelly will be excited. I'll finally hit the bull. <laughs> Put Cheerios in it. It's easy to like shoot at them. Yes. Tiger yes. practice. That's how I yeah. taught Dominic. Kids it love it. Like a chomp. He thought it was hilarious hitting them and making them flip over in the little toilet bowl when yep. he was a little kid. I'll have to do that. It works. It works. You make a game out of it and it's hilarious to the kids. It works. 
I'm pretty sure Andrew would probably like to do that with me now. It would probably help the situation. You should try it. I recommend Honey Nut Cheerios because they're coated with the honey, so they stay a little crunchier, longer, so they stay flippier, longer. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's a good call. Good call. That's that's a seasoned dad trick. Oh, what if right you could there. do it with Apple Jacks? Uh, they're too delicious to waste. Yes. In my okay. personal opinion, too delicious yes. to waste. Plus, the Cheerios box is always okay. way bigger. So oh, there's, yeah. there's, Tim's got so much cat Tim, on him. Right now. <laughs> are you doing okay, Tim? God, I'm getting so much pussy. I was going to say it. I was going to wait for you to say it, though. So, Tim, but good times, you, though, boys. While you cradle One here. million dollars. One million kitchens. So, so, Dr. Evil, what are we talking about this week? Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, our TV, our, our first foray into a live uh, TV style bowling. And then we've got some questions to answer. And then we'll see where that leaves us for time. Okay. Very good. And we'll go from there. Right right now, I'm just having a little bit too much time, a little too much fun time with Luna. She wanted to cuddle. Cuddles. She wants yeah. cuddles. It's obvious. She can definitely yeah. see. She, she loves the cuddles. Why don't you guys tell us a little bit about the um, the qualifying for the tournament that was up at Stars and Strikes? I sure. wasn't there personally. You guys were there. We were bowling our pro league up at Lita. Um, so, um, how'd it go? It, I thought it went for their first time. Um, I thought it went very well. Uh, Decent showing of number of people. They had like 13 or 14. That's no, good first, for a first. first time. It's a yes. first time event. Um, the goal is to do this monthly. And I believe that uh, we have convinced Rusty that Saturday afternoon would be the better option rather than Friday evening. Um, so stay tuned. Uh, I believe the next one will be. Um, it's not confirmed yet, but you can maybe write it in your calendars in pencil uh, for Saturday, April 17th, uh, 3 or 4 o'clock uh, at Stars and Strikes Bowling Center in South Paris, Maine. Uh, and, of course, the beauty is uh, everything's lifted, so New Hampshire and Mass Bowlers, feel free to come on up to qualify. Um, I believe it's 50 bucks. Five-string qualifier, top five, make the ladder. Um, the ladder will be live-streamed, uh, will be uh, announced by Ripping the Rack podcast. Um, Maki, you're, you're welcome to join us, or I you can will, bowl either if one. If it's on a Saturday, I will absolutely be there. I would definitely plan on bowling if I was there, but if I do not make the cut, I will be there announcing with you guys. Uh, maybe we can get some in the well interviews with the fellas or the ladies, like right before we start, we can do that. Um, so we kind of did things on the fly. Like, yeah, like it was, and it's too bad because, um, you know, one thing we did learn is, is we tested the equipment on, uh, my Facebook page. However, I logged out and we had to log in as stars and strikes so they could go live on theirs and my settings don't carry over. Nope. So we did the whole intro, which Brian did a fantastic job with the intro. Um, and then we introduced all five bowlers and no one heard it. 
No one heard any of it. Oh, the audio was. Oh no, the, no audio. He was picking it up off the camera instead of our mic because the setting so didn't come yeah. through. Oh rip. Yeah. Rip so, settings. so the first string went through. That's when we found out it wasn't working. Which is so, sad because it was Kobe Carrier's first televised string, and he had yeah. one out saying, "Kobe made the Kobe, Kobe, Kobe was yeah. The, Kobe was the four seed. He was the four seed, not yeah. the five. The four. He beat Smith." That makes me happy to hear that Kobe's making noise like that and doing good things for himself. Good for him. I bet Mark's a proud papa. That's I would hope. I thing. would hope so. He absolutely. He and Mark he, qualified uh, together, and we'll get to the qualifying. But he and yeah. Mark qualified in the same ladder. That is awesome. So we had. Uh, so we we stopped it for a sec. We figured out the issue. We fixed it, um, and we got we got back in with the four. Uh, so that was the five four, the four three, um, match that we. Uh, we kind of went back into it. Uh, we did do some interviews at the end. Um, we did interview uh, Mark and Chris at the end. Um, actually, we interviewed them before. We did it before and after the championship yeah. match. Yeah, did a quick one, and now again, that was done on the fly. They would get, they would, they were uh, finishing up the string before, and I looked at Brian and said, "Let's interview." Mm-hmm. Brian, All right. All right. Hey, if there's no template, if there's nothing to do, you're setting it now. You might as well figure something out, and then if it yep. works, great. Keep it going. If it doesn't, figure but something I, else ideally, out. Ideally, if we ever get, like, wireless mics and stuff, like, during the qualifying, like, jump down in the pit and be like, so, you had a rough half. What adjustments are you going to make? <laughs> it's like a reporter right on the scene yeah. kind of yep. thing. That's kind of cool. What bullet like show you watch that's done that? Yep. Exactly. So what I envision and again, talking to Rusty and I think he has a similar vision. I mean, obviously he's got his own, uh, that he, that he business, probably is. So. Yeah, it is. It's his business. Uh, but what I can envision is this going, you know, we'll continue to do it live, um, through like Facebook, whatnot, but we can then turn around and take the, the live feed and do a more polished product. And do a polished product that you put out on YouTube and put it back into Facebook with the polished product. Sorry, I've got cat hair. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. It's been a slow night at the Matero household. Yeah. So, you know. Oh, wait. wait no, no mice tonight, Tim? No, no, no. No mice tonight. A everyone, if you're friends with Tim's wife, Angie, go check out her Facebook from last Friday night when we were doing the show. Mookie, Tim's other cat, brought her a present, and she was not impressed. Oh. So the best part is the end, and I'm going to actually play this. It won't be perfect, but I, I will play it um, because I fucking die laughing every day. I've watched this, I don't know, about 78 times, I think. Um Brian, keep talking about Saturday while okay. I find this here. Yeah, so Saturday or Friday? <laughs> exactly. So Friday was great. We showed up and they were doing the qualifying <laughs> and we were setting up and there were some big strings. Well, there was some quirkiness too. Like Brian Purdy went 97-175 and then ended the fifth string with a 97. So he'd book at 97s and he was the three seat. So it just showed you like the pins were moving around if you hit them. Mm -hmm. um, Mark Carrier had 160 string. In the semifinal match, right before the final, um, 
They, you know, Rusty's got that place looking good, moving good. The pins are flying. Marky's bowled there before in past. It's still, it's a solid house then. It's better now. You still I enjoyed you, myself very much when I went up when it was Hobbs before. It's very and, comfortable. And Marky made. We were talking about this Sunday before our show, and he made a great point where he loves the approaches at Stars yes. and Strikes. And if you want to get into that, Mark, go right ahead because you made some great points about it. Well, see, the way I pay attention to most bowling alleys, I'm not so much worried about the pinfall. That's one of the last things that you can control in a bowling alley as far as your own situation goes. If I go in and they have approaches that are silky smooth to my feet and I can slide nicely and comfortably, I can pretty much put the ball wherever it has to be for the day and be comfortable and deal with the pin action as I get it, whether it's souped or somebody's done them up or I don't care or whether they're dead. I don't care. At least I know I can put the ball where it's got to be more often than not. And Hobbs and now Stars and Strikes was always, I haven't been there since Russ has gotten a hold of it, but that's not something that really changes much over time in the course of a place. I'm looking forward to going up there and actually putting my feet back on those approaches. And when you did throw the good ball up there, those pins screamed. So the yeah, best so the best part is I've got the video here. And my wife is standing outside looking at it. She's look, she's actually looking, she's doing the laundry. And she's actually looking at me right now. So let me play the video. Oh Jesus. With <laughs> with oh with the uh oh where the hell did it go? Oh Timmy. Son I'm going to start calling you technical difficulty, Timmy. <laughs> TDT. No, I got it right here. I just got to. There it is. Okay. <sighs> so. This is great for the people who are listening. You know that, right? Mookie. Mookie put it down. Mookie. Mookie. The cat Listen, is Mookie. This and is the best part. Put it down. Mookie. Put it down. Well, you got to listen to the end. You got to listen to the end. Mookie. Mookie, put it down. Mookie. Psst, put it down. Mookie. Just listen to the. Put it down. <laughs> oh, it's still alive. It's still alive. Okay. I saw her at the very end. The cat put it down, and the thing starts yeah. running away a little bit. Oh, yeah. Because cats don't usually kill it, don't they? You mess oh, they around with it. They mess around with it. They kill it. Okay, but they're yeah. bringing it to you as like a present. Like, I love you. Here's a dead oh. mouse. Hey, honey. Look what I did. I killed this why for is, you. Why is your face red? My wife's face is very red at the well, moment. Well, Tim, she's either embarrassed and you're in trouble, or she's mad and you're in a lot of trouble. Honey, are you embarrassed and I'm in trouble, or are you really mad and I'm in trouble? Brian wants to know. She, she's just going to say yes. Let me guess. That's, you pulled the water alarm, too. Let me guess. No, I didn't say anything about you screwing up the water alarm. That's a new one. I haven't got to that one yet. I was going to say, now we have to talk about what, what's going on here. <laughs> so, a break from happened. bowling, folks. So, break from bowling, my, my wife bought a uh, Wi Fi water alarm. Um, Do you have that a well? You, Is that what? No, no. So, oh. you, you, you plug it into an outlet, and then there's a wireless piece of it that goes you put it like on the floor like we have a crawl space oh it's like so your basement doesn't get wet or your yeah crawl so space. if it gets wet okay. it goes off and you know oh shit we got problems okay? okay so the operative word there it's a wi-fi water device right it needs to be hooked to the internet okay so my wife hands it to me and says hey could you plug this in okay 
So I plugged it in. About an hour later, I'm like, the Wi-Fi is not working on this. She goes, what do you mean Wi-Fi? And I looked at her in, in the directions, and the thing says Wi-Fi water alarm. And I said, um, it needs Wi-Fi. She goes, well, I signed up for the for the app. I said, oh, did you set it up? N- no, I didn't know I needed to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, at least you're, you know what? There's no water in that time, though, right? Huh? She thought it was plug and play. Plug and play. Listen. Yeah. Well, it is. You I, plugged it in, but you forgot to play with the well, settings I, to, I, to, to do the thing. Sorry, Angie. She's going to punch me next time. I say, punch Tim instead. Don't hit me. Listen, but, I, I, I'll stick up for Marky her. Marky said, please don't punch me on air because that would be spousal abuse and it would be, um, there'd be a recording of it and you'd go to jail. Okay. They probably Did you guys hear that? No, I heard yeah. some of it. What'd you she, say? she said, you, you guys would probably testify against me because I deserved it. I don't know. Something like that. No, no, but just real quick. <laughs> I worked in tech support. Tim was my manager, actually. And we sent, we were an internet company. We, we'd sent out modems and they were plug and play. You just set them up and they were, you know, it picked up the LTE signal. And it was great. So this lady calls and she's had her box for a few days because we can see through the shipping. And she's like, it doesn't work. And I'm like, okay, ma'am, well, did you plug it in? She goes, well, there's no plug. I go, did we forget to send you a plug? She goes, no, I put the red box in the window. She never took the modem out of the cardboard box. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so it's. Here's your sign. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> on our wide, long walkabout about bowling. Yeah. Yes. The Stars and Strikes Ladder Series. Yes. So, yes. yes. There was Rusty. a cool tournament that happened. Yeah. 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 Come so, support Rusty. Come to Stars I, and Strikes. My my vision really, and, and again, I, I know it's not really my vision so much as it's Rusty's vision, is for a for a game that hasn't had a lot of exposure over the last several years. There's been some YouTube shows. Mark, you had one for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, they've been out there, but there's nothing currently that's really going on. Now, yes, obviously the pandemic really has played a part in limiting what you can and can't do. And, and we get that. But that's wrapping up. It is. Yes. Hopefully. So Knock on so much wood. The, the ability to... And the technology to be able to do something live. And then we can turn around and take that live feed like the next day and turn around and edit it and polish it and then submit it, put it back on YouTube, you know, Candlepin chat, things like that. I just think that this can reach a an audience that's all over. Um, I mean, our podcast, this podcast alone is a worldwide podcast. It cracks me up to say it, but it is. We have listeners in Japan. We have listeners in Germany. We have listeners in Austria. I mean, we have listeners around the world because you have people that have done Candlepin Bowling around the world. Which, by the way, if you're listening in Austria and Germany, please send us an email. I want to know how you found us. That'd be cool. Yes. I really do. That, yes. that would be anywhere, that would be cool. 
anywhere outside of New England or Atlantic Canada or even outside of North America, like if you have played this crazy game that gives us all gray hair prematurely and you like it and you remember it from a trip to New England or Atlantic Canada, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, um, please let us know how your experience was. Where did you go? How did you enjoy, like, what brought you there, you know? And then how did you find the podcast to listen to three dudes like us just sit here and talk about this game? I, I would love to know. Yeah, mm -hmm. like, we, we've had listeners from Ireland, Australia, Germany, United Kingdom, Singapore, Russia. Uh, well, the Russian one's fake. We know that. Yeah, we know that one. That's our bot <laughs> friend. Um, but it's it's cool to me. It's just kind of a... We, you know, I say we, me, growing up when I grew up with, with the game of Candlepin Bowling and the TV shows that we had up here in Maine, you saw it in Maine. Hell, you couldn't even see it in the entire state of Maine. It was just that geographical area that had that show. Right. Um, so to be able to do this and broadcast it live on on facebook um i i'd like to at the same time broadcast it live on our youtube channel next time as well so we'll have two live broadcasts going at once and then we can take that live youtube show polish it up make it all pretty we'll have rusty take a look at it get his approval and then we can put that you know the polished version back out i just think it'd be cool mm -hmm. and then down the road uh, you know, obviously, it, it'll take some investment, which means we need to grow this. We need to grow the tournament to make it worthwhile to have a couple of nicer cameras. You know, right now we had one camera. It was my webcam that we we had. And mm -hmm. so you had the bowling and then the turn to the score and then back to the bowling. But it'd be nice to have, like, a close-up of the pins, you know. Uh, the old bowling style where you had the you had the camera down the lane looking back towards the bowlers mm -hmm. the way i see it if you're going to do a show and you want to get as many angles as you can you need three yeah you need one behind bowler. the bowlers yeah behind the bowlers looking down yeah so you get the back shot of like their whole full approach one from the front looking at the bowlers so you get their facial expressions mannerisms body english all that good stuff and then something that's just fixed on the pins. Yeah. That's tough to do with one camera, but you can absolutely do it with one that's like zoomed in from really far back. Yes. And then you just multi-camera edit everything together into one finished product. Yeah. But which I do want to... Which would be cool. Sorry, Brian. Yes. I, I, no, I want to give a shout out because I do believe... We talked... Mark said about, you know, the, the guys and the gals that qualify. I think we... There was only one female qualifier or that tried to qualify this week, yep. and it was Kerrigan. Kerrigan stepped up, and she got in the five Good stringer, and she, Good. she held her own. Yep. I, I just think there's... Keep your there's, eye on her. Yeah, there, oh, yeah. she's going to be good. You know, I, there's, there's enough room in this game for multiple avenues of this type of show, whether it's a scratch ladder series, whether it's a doubles ladder series i mean there's just so many variations that you can do with this i mean i i don't know i enjoyed it it was fun it was a great time um i would really like to see a random draw 
doubles on TV. Everybody qualifies five strings. You pick out of a hat. There's your partner. Yeah, you, could make, I, you could make a whole show out of that. Like a lead yeah. up, like in wrestling when they used to draw numbers for the Royal Rumble and stuff, that were little vignettes that were part of who was going to mm-hmm. come in when. You could select, show the people who were selecting their partners and stuff and make e- a little even thing. Better. And, no, and then, even, and then hear, when you, like, out. and then when you get the, the facial expressions of, you know, oh, sweet. Nice. I got, I got Maki. Where? Sweet. Or, oh, shit. I got a fucking Carrie Bryan. <laughs> you know, hey, even better. Everybody qualifies. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you've carried my fat ass through a bunch of tournaments. So Yeah. Well but it's all it's all fun though. Now listen, it was a nine pin best box. I will say that up front. But we were chasing six pins in the last string of a nine pin best box in Oakland Park. I was on the right. Timmy threw one ball the whole half. So I, I have care I have carried you before. B for half, but I still carry you. <laughs> It was a thing that happened. It, it was. was. It, it was a thing that happened. No, but but really, I, I would love to see a picture of this. Everybody qualify. You know, you get your qualify and you take your top 32. So we're going to get 16 teams. Everybody draws number one through 32. They all have their number. They haven't shown anybody. Rusty has one through 32 in a bowl. He goes lane one, six, four. There's your team. Lane two, 11, okay. 32. There's your team. Okay. You don't know who your partner is until it starts. And you're not even picking one of the people yeah. who's not. We've done random doubles like on the pro series through the yeah, years. Yeah, I remember yeah. the, I remember the random doubles. And it was the top. Augusta. It was. It was at one It was, yeah. top, it was 60, top 64 I made the cut. That's one of them I made the cut in. <laughs> um, I got I got paired up with uh, Pelletier. So it was Eric and I. You were team short. We were team short guys. Uh-huh. So I got that's okay. with Baker you were dancing bears that fan. day. And oh, you... Baker, Baker was sick as a dog that day. I remember was he, hung he over or sick. No, no, no. He was oh, sick. Okay. He was sick. He just had a wicked cold in his head. Does but he ever he... get hung over? Honestly, not anymore. I think he's immune at this point. Okay. I just want to. Think... No, I think he's immune to that. Shit. That'll lead into um, who my partner was in a minute, but I'll let you finish. No, no, no. But B- Baker was just real sick. And we ran into, we bowled. We won our first match. The second match we ran into, I don't remember who it was, but it was also Surratt. Surratt and his partner. And we got eliminated. Uh, Jason by Paul. Like, was it Jay Paul? We yeah. got eliminated. How the hell do you remember that? My Mikey, God. he remembers it, like the most it, because, random. Hold on. Because I got partnered with DJ Trask, and we won our first match against Jason Sparks and Mark Carrier. And then we won our second match against, I think it was Normie Pelletier and somebody else. And then we ran into Jay Paul and Surratt. So they had just beaten Baker yeah. and I. Okay. And Surratt went 170 against DJ. Baker and I both had tough strings. I'm not blaming any of that on Baker. Yeah. Baker we both bowled decent in the first match, won. And then uh, we both were like 107. And that just like wasn't good enough. That's, that's, that's like, if I remember correctly, that was Eric and I. We had a decent first string in one. I don't even remember who we bowled. And then we lost. Oh, we beat Nate. Uh, Nate Neely and whoever he was paired up with. And then I don't even remember who we lost to in the next round. Uh, but neither one of us broke like, I, I think I was like 112 to 14, somewhere in that range. And Pelletier was 108 to 110. I mean, nothing. Like, we both struggled 
on the same exact string at the same exact time. Mm-hmm. And then the reason I asked, you know, the whole coming back thing is, you know, because Baker might is immune possibly to hangover. DJ is fucking definitely immune to hangovers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. So, long story short, people, uh, write write it in your calendar. Uh, Saturday, April 17th, let's say 3 p.m., Stars and Strikes in South Paris. Or Facebook us or Rusty yep. at Stars and Strikes or somebody and we'll get you the information. Put it put it in pencil for right now. Right meow. Put it in pencil. Right meow. Uh, right meow. Uh, meow. Do I look like a cat to you? Am I jumping all nimbly pimbly? Am, Am I drinking milk from a saucer? God, I love that show. The second Stop. one wasn't as good. The snozberries taste like snozberries. So, Tim, we're talking about this tournament <laughs> and how uh, how a whole bunch of people, you know, we want everyone to show up, and that leads into a great question because we had posted earlier about questions. Yes, Evan had Beautiful a wonderful segue, question. Thank Gorgeous you. segue. <laughs> Evan had a great question yes. about you know post pandemic, and Tim, you can read it verbatim if you want. But post pandemic, is bowling starting to have a resurgence? Is it going to come back like it was when Marky and I were kids? Well, I don't know about him, but every Saturday I loved to go to the bowling alley with my dad and just the bowling alleys back then had a certain smell. And when I smell it now, it was called smoke. No, it it was, but it was smoke and maple together. together. When when my wife and I first got together because she didn't bowl, she hadn't even really been in a bowling alley other than a couple times at pins and cues in Millinocket where she's from. But she, I would come in after league, and she'd be like, you smell like Bowling Alley. And honestly, uh-huh. I wish I could bottle that because it's my childhood. So the question that Evan, Evan Reva, uh, said, do you feel as though bowling... Former main bowler. Who? Former main bowler. Yes, yes, former main bowler. Now is a dirty Massachusetts I didn't hey, say it. I was, gl- I was so what asshole. You can call was, me. Dirt. That's what we are. We I are know, but I'm yes, trying to are. be a. I'm trying to be a warmer, fuzzier Tim. Yeah. Dude, it's a, it's a, down here. It's a term of endearment because we live it. It's oh, a term so, of endearment. You call somebody down here a asshole. It's like thank you. Oh, well, thank you. That's cool. That's so, fine. do you feel as though bowling is making a comeback? After people, after people might quote respect the game more after the pandemic has affected us all. Can it possibly get back to what it was back in the 80s and 90s? Uh, uh, Brian, you're up. I, I like to be a wishful thinker, and I've always been told that I was born in the wrong era of candlepin bowling. Because honestly, before I got married, because, you know, once you get married and have kids, it changes. Your time changes. But before I, that happened, I would have bowled four nights a week, five every weekend, I couldn't get enough of it. I still can't. I just don't have as much time as I did. So I truthfully hope it's going to happen. I want the era back of there's a marathon every month, every house since they're five best guys, and you just go. Or girls. I don't care at this point. I want everybody to get on a lane and bowl. I want the heyday of candlepin bowling back. And I hope that this pandemic has done stuff, not to the older, older guys, but like, and I don't even mean old guys like Timmy's age, those guys that may have fallen out of tournament bowling because they've done everything and it's just bowling. It's every week. Now it's not. 
And I hope those guys come back and they're like, let's get tournaments going again. Let's do this. Let's get a big TV show again. But I, I think that, I mean, we always, you always look, I'm a history guy. So things revolve like fashion, music, video games, things of revolve. And I hope Candlepin Bowling is coming back to be cool. And I guess you could say niche for the new Gen Zers or whatever they're called now. But I, I really hope it's coming back. I think it has a lot of stuff to teach young kids about, you know, etiquette and manners and being a good sport. And, you know, let's face it. Why don't kids like candlepin bowling? It's not easy. I hope that they, you know, it can show them that, things are worth working for and practicing. And I just really hope Evan's right in saying that it does. And I don't know if that answered the question at all, but it's my heartfelt tribute to Candleton Bowling. No, it does. <laughs> Hoping that it could. And I'll say right now, just like having my place since restrictions and things have eased and capacities and all that other good stuff, I've noticed an uptick in people coming into the lanes and hanging out and bowling. But what I've also noticed is that Seven out of my, let's say, seven out of ten customers are people I've never seen before. In the yeah, that's a good thing, right? In the nine years that I've been here, we established a pretty solid customer base of people that were coming in every week. Groups, you know, the older guys or the older ladies for ladies' night and all, and it was week after week, and that was the thing. But when everybody got sent home and everything changed, now it was easy to fall out of that because we had other priorities. I get it. But like we were talking earlier, restrictions are being eased. Numbers are going down, which is very good. Vaccines are getting out there. People's peace of mind is easing, and that's what we need. But what I've noticed is that more people are looking for low-cost entertainment. They're looking for low-cost night out. You can't just go to the movies, go out for an $80 dinner, go to the movies with your wife. You can't go to the movies anymore. They're not open. That's what I'm saying. You need more than a place to just go drink. Or a place to sit down and eat dinner and just, you can't just close a nice fancy restaurant by sitting at a table for three hours. People want a place to go do something short money because a lot of people are short money now. You know, even with stimulus checks, I don't care how much is in them, they're going to be spent quickly on people's basic needs, their bills, their cable, their car payment, their mortgage, all those good things that need to get taken care of. But then you're going to need low cost entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's in here in New England, also Atlantic Canada, that's what Candlepin's going to provide. It's going to provide a back-to-basics move, I hope, I hope, a back-to-basics move for most people who are looking for something fun to do at night for, like, date night or, you know, mom and dad date or night out. Or kids can do, too. And then Saturday or, or Sunday afternoon with grandma, grandpa, or the whole family comes in to bowl for a little while. It, I, I do think what this pandemic is going to do, and now that all the lockouts, lockdowns and stuff— it's going to provide people with a way to get back to basics. What was simple? What did we used to do for fun? Because we can't do this anymore. We can't go to Canopy Lake because that's still closed. We can't go to Water Country. You know, we're not going to be doing these things for a while. What can we do? Oh, wait. Remember when we used to go bowling all the time? And then they walk into a place and they find out that it's half as expensive. You could still spend the two hours there. You could still get your pizza. Mom and dad can still have their drinks. And you're exposing them back, re-exposing, maybe is the right word, Back to a low-cost, niche, very niche, yes, 
but that's how it's going to start on the way mm. back in. And then the word of mouth will get out to people. Hey, I went to this place and it was awesome. Bring your family. They got bumpers for the kids. Hey, I went to this place. They got good pizza. Bring your family over there. Hey, this is a perfect place for date night. We should double date over there one of these nights. I think that's what it's going to hit first. I don't think it's going to be the leagues. I don't think it's going to be the tournaments just yet. I think it's going to be the back to basics for the family and the individual to look for a place to go with a date or with a family and just bring in low cost entertainment to people who just may not have a hell of a lot of money right now to go blow on something expensive. Do I think it'll create a resurgence for tournament and league bowlers down the line a year or two from now? I sure as hell hope so. If enough people start getting back into their centers and realizing that some of them, the more they do it, the better they get. Maybe a few of them join leagues. They bring their buddies in. They join a league. They make a league bigger. They, make, they find out that there's state tournaments and stuff. And that's going to be up to house owners as well, proprietors, to advertise and market a little bit more. Because if there's ever a time to advertise and market your center, now's the time. Now that the restrictions are reason, now that people are looking for ways and things to go out and do, now's the time. Or maybe, if not now, coming into the spring and into the summer, because we all know bowling now is a pretty much dead in the summertime, except for like leagues and things. Cause it's just gorgeous. I don't want to go inside when it's 90 degrees. I want to go to the beach. I want to go out and walk around. I want to go play my Pokemon go in the beautiful sunshine of a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Uh, but now is going to be the time for us to market and advertise. Cause now is going to be the time that people are going to be looking for stuff to do, especially where the winter is going to be ending. You people want to get out of the house. We got to give them something to do low cost, high value. And a candle pin bowl in afternoon does that. So and just just real quick, that's why the TV show that we're trying to do with Rusty is so important too. That's getting bowling out there. You know, you figure maybe not any of our friends per se, but maybe somebody's perusing it and their kids sees it. Dad, what's that? Right. Well, that's something my buddies do. That looks fun. Can we go do that? Look at how much fun they're having. It's on TV. It's on Facebook. I want to be on Facebook. Yeah. So the first thing I'm going to say is, I don't know why, but every when, when Brian got done answering that question, he was like, I don't really know if I answered the question or not. I instantly thought of the Billy Madison point <laughs> at no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that would be considered a rational <laughs> thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. And may God, and may have, God mercy have mercy on your soul. Your soul. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Captain Thano. <laughs> I don't I am, know. I, I like, am 26 and a half years old. Hackling fuel. You, you answered the question. Like, you did. You answered the question. I was like, instantly went to that. Anyway, uh, my take is pretty simple. I'm going to answer it backwards, meaning I'm going to answer the last part of that first. Can it possibly get back to what it was back in the 80s and 90s, and I'm going to say no. Flat out. Womp, no. Womp, womp. Okay. Um, and the reason being is bowling back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s was a totally different experience than what bowling is now. There were no video games, or the video games that you had was Pong or Atari 2600. Okay. Your every center had kids leagues back then. 
um, your bowling was a night out. It can get back to that. I'm talking more tournament style. You had 200 bowlers in the Mass Pro Tour back then. My first year in the main Candlepin Pro Tour, which was just main bowlers, there were around 100 bowlers in Maine bowling a Pro Tour stop. That's not counting women. Women was another 40 to 50 to 60. So I can't, I just don't remember, but it was somewhere in that 50 number. Very similar proportions on the, the WCBC tour. Back very similar. Very, very similar. similar. I think the women in the WCBC back then had somewhere in the 80 to 100 range. Yep. Women. Okay. The money back then, there was more of it. Meaning, if I won a tournament, for example, my first Pro Tour win, I think I made 800 bucks. Which for a 22, 23-year-old from Maine making five bucks an hour, five to eight bucks an hour, and you're going to pay me 750 bucks? To bowl? I mean, granted, bowl? against the best, but if yes. you can go beat them, and you, absolutely. Thank and you. You can make a month you, and a half salary? You can't tell me that that right there wasn't enough to get me to come back to more tournaments. So... I, I say no, can it get back to what it was in the 80s and 90s? Because you're never going to see it like that, unfortunately. You're not. You're not going to see the scratch bowlers, those big-time tournaments. You'll have the Easter Classic, hopefully, um, which, by the way, April 4th, coming right up. Easter Classic, Lita Lanes. Uh, I will not be bowling. I was thinking about it, but with my back and shoulder, I just made the decision that uh, I'm going to try to get healthy and then bowling it next year. My, my, my wife told me I wasn't bowling, so that was good enough for me. <laughs> I told my wife I wouldn't be bowling. Um, but, but the second part of that is, do I feel as though it's making a comeback? I do. I, I really feel that it's making a comeback. Um, I see more people bowling. I see more tournaments out there. A little bit tough in the pandemic, but I do see it. Like, you see people wanting to bowl. You see people from Maine wanting to come down to Massachusetts to bowl in tournaments. You see people from Massachusetts wanting to come up to Maine to bowl, which, I'll say it, you never fucking saw that before. It was very rare. I used to be one of the only mass guys here's, in the room when there was a good tournament. Here's it, it was Sanford or bust. The Basically. <laughs> The Pro Series came to Augusta, Maine, filled the tournament, cashed out, every shift full. Yep. I mentioned it to these guys, be like, hey, great turnout. Yeah, this will be the only time we come up. Yep. And I looked and I said, what are you talking Oh, it's just too far to drive. I said, oh, but you that want me to drive down there every month. That works the but best. You can't, you but you can't do once a year. Did Drive up here for a day. Well, we got to spend the night. Why do you have to spend the night? Well, I, it's two hours to get up here. Don't drink. Thank keep, you. Keep yourself under control while you're there if you get a two-hour ride home. <laughs> I remember we went to, there was a singles knockout 
up at the aforementioned Sanford, up at Bolarama. Shout out to OJ, beautiful center. I love bowling up there, another e-machine house like mine. We drove up there for a singles in a freaking snowstorm one year, and um, we got 60 people yep. in the middle of a driving snowstorm. And I was impressed at that, that there were still 60 bowlers that showed up. Never went back. I yep. don't know why. And, and, and we wonder why houses don't want to host things. They're open in a snowstorm. They're risking themselves getting there. They get a good turnout, and then they never come back. Boggle, I just, I, look, I, I live in Maine. I live in the middle of fucking nowhere in Maine. It, it's actually it's worse a- for us, Tim, because we have to go an hour to get to any interstate from Rockland. Yes, it's an hour and a half to Portland. It's an hour and a half to Bangor. It's an hour to Augusta. So if we're going to Mass to bowl, even Amesbury, Mark, where you guys are, three hours. This is literally at the top of Massachusetts. Yes, our minimum drive is three hours to get yeah to get to a bowling alley, and out of sight of Maine. And people wonder why. Yeah, yeah, and and people wonder why more people from Maine don't come down to bowling tournaments. Because it's not it it for the well, most part it was never reciprocated. I was always very surprised. And I get I would it. Go up and ask don't, that I would be the only mass guy there at a tournament. I'd be I was very surprised for a long don't, time. Don't then I started right. understanding. I do understand that for the most part in Massachusetts, your longest drive you're going to have is about an hour, unless you're in Western Mass and you got to drive across. The middle of nowhere. To the North Shore or whatever. The North Shore. Or if you're way down on the South Shore and you got to come up, you know, you got to come up. It might be an hour and a half. Okay. I drove every week to bowl in the league one hour just to mm-hmm. get to the bowling out and then drove home an hour every week. I bowled so, in Bangor, which from Rockland is an hour and a half one way. So we under we know I bowled I bowled in vacation land for two years. I lived in Rockland. It's an hour and forty five minutes. But you had two every, leagues too. Every Monday night, men's league, and then a speed league right after, and then I got home about midnight, twelve twelve thirty, somewhere in that range. So that's a long way of saying that yes, I I believe bowling is making a comeback. I believe people want to bowl in tournaments. Um, you know, we had filled the Oakland Park tournament with with 18 teams with, I, I believe, eight of those teams coming from out of state to bowl in that tournament. So I'd like to think that the more things that we can put on like that, the more you're going to see. Um, I don't know if it can get back. I don't believe it can get back to what it was in the 80s and 90s. Um, I'm lucky enough to have started to bowl in the tournaments in 91, 90-91. So I saw the the middle to the end of that of, of that era. Um, it just, yeah. I, I don't know if we can get down there. I would like to think, you know, people respect the game more and miss it. I will tell you that I don't necessarily miss the game as much as I miss the people. I think the reason you don't miss the game is, and we've seen it in the world year after year after year for the last five or six years, pinfalls down across the board. 
Yes. It doesn't matter where you bowl. We've had worlds in fast houses. We've had them in moderate houses. We've had them in hard as hell houses, which is what Academy has been on occasion for a couple days during that week. Hard as hell. But pinfall is down across the board, and it boggles my mind to try and figure out why. Why can't Jeff Surratt go and average 130 in Moncton? It's a fast house, right? What I the figured, hell is I, to wrong? To me, it screams. Moncton, but, when it's done up right, is one of the... Well, I shouldn't say done up right. But in the beginning of the week, when we were bowling like the knockout, I got some experience bowling the knockout there. Let me tell you, like those pins screamed But why can't Monday we have that consistently from string one to string 33 in the world's? Like, what is missing day to day? It boggles my mind. To me, I, the only place that was ever like that at Worlds was Halifax. And, and, we both, and, and, I, and I think no, that's my... Well, I no, disagree and, with And Bangor. I think that's my... I, I, had my, I had my best averages in Bangor. 130 plus. You're a main guy. We, everybody they did the, pl- they did the plates every. They did the plates every morning. Every single morning, they did the plates. And, and maybe that's it, but I just, I, I just don't get it. I don't. Maybe it's because I was spoiled. My first Worlds was in Halifax in 05, and the cut to make the knockout was 645. Mm-hmm. That might have been what spoiled me. But That was my introduction to Worlds. I hadn't been on a team yet just because you brought up 05. I was in Halifax with Melissa. She yeah, for the women's, the, right? The yeah. ladies' tournament over in Sackville. And Sunday night, we were done. She was done bowling, and all the ladies were staying at the casino. So we went down the casino and we were all having some beers and talking and having a good time. I was sitting in a side room with Melissa and a bunch of the ladies that she had bowled with, Kim Pelletier, Beth Powers, and we were all just talking. I was sitting next to a dollar slot machine. I threw a buck in it and I hit for exactly $100. And the world's knockout cost exactly $100. And we were leaving Monday anyway. So I said, hey. So why not? Why don't I, uh, hey, I got my stuff because I would always bring my stuff because I would always try to bowl at the place where the women were bowling just afterwards bowl a string or two just to say I did. And I went to Halifax and I, I bowled the knockout. Nobody knew who the hell I was. I got paired on a lane with John Zappi and we were talking. I threw 610 and thought I was doing great. And for myself, for the first time ever, I did. And then I remember I saw the cut be in 645 and went, wow, these guys are different. Yeah, I, I, I went 615, which at the time was my high. And I was like, yeah. hey, maybe I'll make it. And I went, oh, this wow. This is different. These guys do different things up here. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I watched Nate LeBlanc make the 5-7 and turn around <laughs> like it was a 9-drop. And I went, oh, okay. I'd have gone through the roof. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so I was, I, I was, my first year, I went 667 and qualified 31st. Was that your high five at the time? Uh, is it, no, 670 was my high five. That is disgusting. 660 and you were only one spot over the cut. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is yeah, insane. That was my fir- that was Who my did first you have year. the joy of bowling in the first round that went 720-something? You know, honestly, I don't remember who I bowled. The only, re- the only one I remember, I bowled Gary Winton back at, I think, the second round. That's because you probably bowled Gary every week in Gardner. <laughs> well, no, I had oh. no. I was bowling Oxford Hills back then. Oh, okay. Um, but I what had year bowled, was it? 92? Um, He's got records. Well, He's I was got... just look. I was just looking up two thousand five to see. 
Oh, shit. Look at this guy. They don't have the singles uh, in there. They don't? No. Well, which one do I have? Was it Bangor or was it Hanwell? Bangor. Um, This is 94. So in, in 05, you guys were talking 05. Um, yes. I averaged 133 for the week. I bowled. I three went games. Three, uh, no, I missed. Uh, three, six. The 94 singles is in here. The whole bracket. That's 94. Oh, okay. You're saying 92? Would you 92. say 92 too? Yeah. 92. I, I, and I bowled Jeff Atkins in the semifinals. And I lost because I threw a double in the fourth and fifth and got all pumped and I cut him off. Uh, Russ told me to jump jump in front of him because I moved to the left and he was on the right. And he says, you know, jump in front, you know, play my, I don't know, whatever. Russ Neely's telling me to go first, so I'm going first. So I jumped in front of him, hit the head pin. Left a cluster of five on the left, and he kind of looked at looked at me like, okay, and he threw ended up with like a one forty something. You you are in this one in ninety four. You did yeah, make, I lost uh, in like first round or did second. Make, no oh, second I lost round. Second round. Oh. Second round. The first round you beat Debt Klein one thirty seven to one fourteen. Go Tim. And then you threw a hundred nine against Mike Poulin to his one twenty eight. Yeah, I lost. But then he came out the next round in the quarters and threw a 99 against Chris Sargent. So you can what imagine I, how what, that went. What did I qualify with? Um, I don't know. I just have the bracket. I don't oh. know if I have the qualifying. You were the 19th seed. So it was right in the middle. But the, the, the final match that year was Bill Curtis against Chris Sargent. Bill Curtis fought a Bangor Brewer. Yeah, he had 118 in the final. The Sargis won 37. Yeah. But Bill Curtis beat on his way there Bruno. Bruno DeFeo. 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 Yeah. He's yeah. Boston. And then he beat um, Jim Flynn. Jimmy Flynn. Jimmy Flynn, North Shore, Mass. Yeah. Not related to Peter. Different Flynn. Um, and then he beat in the. Oh, in the, uh, in the quarters, he beat Brian McKinley. Sean's brother. Sean's brother. Yeah, and then he got in the finals against Sarge. Now Sarge well, what, to get what, there. What you you missed the semifinals? All the semis. He bowled. Oh, he bowled Peter Flynn. Yeah. So he had a pretty decent run to get what there. What he bowled that string? One twenty six. That was his high, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. But Sarge beat Sean McKinley. Then he beat Dick O. And then he beat Mike Poulin, and then he beat Gary Carrington to get to the finals. His his route was a little harder. Not that Peter's not hard, but, <laughs> but two, both two, of those guys went through the wrecking crew, though. They get there. yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah they yeah. did. But 2000, 2005, I was I was that was the last of when I was halfway decent. That was when I was a I was a eighteen nineteen year old kid from Rockland going. Tim's from my town, and Tim's real good. <laughs> I want to bowl with Tim one day. Little did I know he'd be in my wedding. And then he realized what an asshole I was. Oh, no, I knew you were an asshole then. You're much less of an asshole now, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Now all you do is scare. You scare B's kid. And, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, so no the, t- uh... Tim was a little bit of a... Like, Tim was one of those guys. Let me, let me give you the exact impression of Tim back in the day. He has a nine drop. 
with a plank over here, not in play or anything. And he would throw it and miss it and hit the plank and he'd go. He'd be like, what? You didn't see it there? That was Tim back in the day. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, man, I got lucky on that one. Oh, I meant, no. You didn't see it there? Okay. That's how you get good. You make those. That's what he told me. Walsh says stupid shit like that every Friday night when we bowl together, too. He'll miss something by an area code. Yeah, Carrot, I know you listen. Yeah, and I've heard you do it, too, all right? He'll play a shot. In a dip. We're in Nashua, and he plays a shot in Milford, next city over. And the plank goes across the wall three times, and it makes a shot, and he turns around and goes, wouldn't have gone any other way. Wouldn't have oh, gone so if I, I, hit, I say that all the time. Would have never gone if I hit the pin in the face. I'm like, you suck, dude. Okay. No, I say, I say that all the time. That's my way of saying I totally fucked that up. And just completely. Hey, the legit question we talk about that. Did you guys ever notice? And, and this is, I've thought about this for years. Did you ever notice when you get a two pinner? Shut and, up. I hate no, those. No, <laughs> don't even ask Tim what he does when I had shoot two pinners in league. Well, you don't get them anymore, but that's okay. Fuck off. I'm a better bowler now than I was four, three years ago. That's right. You are. Um. Well, I also put on a hundred and something fucking pounds then. Um. But you you chop that two pinner, and the dude on the other side could have anything, and he'll make it. Yes. When you fuck up, it's like karma goes. You know what? He's gonna make whatever's in front of him. So we could make a two pinner. We're running out of time, so let's get to a Matt Nichols question, and then uh, we'll then we'll call it a we'll call it a night. Marky and I like to talk a I, lot. Me oh, too. I, yes, and I hate two pinners so friggin' much. Uh, they're getting better in my world. I'm I'm making more than I'm not. But we, even once in a while, when I cherry, I still look and I'm like, "Oh, you dirty asshole! Mm -hmm. I hate you, back pin." I never just take out the back pin. It's always just the front one, or I whiff the whole damn thing. Like just oh, mm -hmm. you back pin, you ass. I, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a shot that yours is the triangle. Yours is the triangle. Oh. Yeah. You don't make triangles, Timmy. You chop either two or one out a lot of the time. No, I make them. I make them when I need them. That's sorry, more important. That? A lot you, of time, was, you must not have have shot many three pinners when I'm looking at you. Then when you I don't need. need well, usually I don't have them when I need them. Usually it's a nine pin drop or a strike. Oh, here we go. Well, hey, hey. Well, one of those we know <laughs> he can't miss. What's that? The strike. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Really, I am. Our, our favorite read. I'm not that. I'm not that. Is, hey, the button takes that. Every that's time usually, to button. Honestly, misses. that's people will ask me. They'll say, hey, uh, how, do you, how do you play this shot? And I, and I look, I do one of these. I'm like, yeah, you see right up front? Of, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see that button? <laughs> Said a sweep never misses, baby. Never misses. Sweep uh, has Hall of Fame numbers. So Matt Nichols says, do you feel as though competitive bowling, league, or tournament will disappear as more bowling alleys turn into entertainment centers, which offer a lot more than just bowling? Maki. No. Thank you. No. Absolutely not. There will always be some form of league bowling, at least for the next, let's say, 20 years. I, I know that there is this movement to create like the posh entertainment venue and to get away from the old term bowling alley. Um, I know it did, maybe I'm in the game. I love a bowling alley as opposed to what people think of as an entertainment center. Entertainment centers have their draw. They are for your average person to come in on a Saturday, 
Come and check out the TV, sit in their luxury couch bowling seating, order food right from their lanes and, and all that good stuff. I, I get that. But at the end of the day, places like that, you, you, you pay out the ass for some of that atmosphere yep. that you get. And mm -hmm. I think it's not the atmosphere that's turning people away. It's the amount of money it costs to enjoy that kind of atmosphere in a place that's going to turn people away. You know, the centers can be beautiful. The, the, the new floor, you can put hardwood floor in the well area if you want. You can put all these new computerized things. But at the end of the day, those places are significantly more expensive. And at the moment, I don't know about you, but I can say, honestly, I can't take my family out to enjoy that and drop a C-note for two hours worth of yeah. bowling, a couple pizzas, and a pitcher of Coke. Um, that's not really how that ends up working. Now, as far as leagues go... If you have, and, and speaking as a, a proprietor here, if you have a center that has no leagues, you're having a hard time making money. Um, leagues are guaranteed income week to week. You have your customer base. You have your league base. That is money you can count on, that you can pay the bills with, that you can plan ahead. You, your tournaments are also something that you need to do here and there so that you can have that quick influx of cash. And I look, some bowling alley owners are... They're independently wealthy. They do this on the side. And if that's what you do, then good for you. This, none of this rant applies to you. But if you're somebody that's just trying to make a buck, keep a place open and have a good job, but at the same time provide an entertainment center that not a lot of places can provide that level, like bowling and video games and pizza and the whole afternoon out, you got to be able to provide a quality price that people can afford as yeah. well. Your league bowling does that. If you have your, your right league, people can afford to go and bowl a league once a week, have a couple beers. They may not be able to afford to take their whole family there for two hours and drop a C-note, but I can definitely bring 30 or 40 bucks with me to league, get a, get a, 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 like a pizza, a couple beers, and hang out for the night and bowl my league and call that a good night out. I mean, if you're like, oh, well, what if you're not spending time? Hey, have your wife come and join the league. Have your husband come and join the league mm -hmm. with you. Put your kids in a kids league on a Saturday morning. Let them learn a little bit of structure and a little bit of discipline, a little bit of focus. Because bowling, like you were saying earlier, B, that can definitely teach a kid. It did me growing mm -hmm. up. A little bit Thank of mental you. fortitude, a little bit of discipline, a little bit of, hey, you ain't always going to win. You got to learn how to lose before you can ever win. Mm -hmm. You can learn all that stuff from a Saturday morning kids league with the right instruction. Now, if you just drop your kids off and, and leave, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the people that would want to encourage it. But as the owner, your job, you have to make sure money's coming in the door. And if that means that you have to start leagues, that means you have to change leagues, that means you have to run a house tournament every month to make your place successful, and you're not doing that, you're not going to be open too much longer. Mm -hmm. So do leagues and tournaments go away? No. I, I don't think that a business could survive without them for, for a while, unless there's... A, a revolutionary change to the game and something completely different comes along in 20 years, which probably not. I, I don't see how a place can survive without even their league base. You can't make a living off of open bowl. And it's too unpredictable. The financial aspect of it. Anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. What, do you, what about you, Bray? This is an easy question. Easy answer for me. It's no. And it's just personal for me. Bowling is part of my life. I can't think of myself without thinking I either I bowl one night a week at least. That's just me. I'm going to be in a bowling alley bowling a league one night a week. 
and I don't care where it is. And I don't care if it's a fun league or a money league or a pro league. I just know I want to be at a bowling alley one night a week. Kelly made a great comment to me once and she goes, it's your church. And I go, what do you mean? She goes, some people go to church on Sundays to have a community and people they get along with and to spend time with other like-minded people like them. And she goes, bowling is your church. It's a really good, really good analogy. Yeah, and actually. it is. I can't think of myself without either bowling in a tournament or a league. Like, I don't think I could just be like, oh, the bowling alley's open. I'll go bowl a few games, you know, a couple times a month. No. So, no, bowling, as far as I'm concerned, it's not going away because I know there are people out there like me that want to bowl heads up and, and I, you know, mute it or whatever, but lack of a better term, have a dick measuring contest in a bowling tournament. It's what a tournament like, is. It's yeah. our skills versus your skills, and let's see who's better. I, I'm too competitive to not want to bowl in a tournament or a league. So, no, I, I hope and I pray and I think they won't go away. I mean, I, you guys answered it for me, so I don't, I don't really need to answer that question. I, I don't believe, I believe that there will always be league. There will always be something, whether it's in an entertainment center or a bowling alley. Um, there will always be something because, again, these entertainment centers need guaranteed income. It's a fact. If you have a business, you need. Yep. That guaranteed uh, level King, of money. Kingswood. In. Kingswood is a prime example of a place that has gone more entertainment center, but it still has right now 24 lanes. I think they're talking about taking a couple out, but it still has 24. Yeah. They still have leagues. Well, they will once COVID allows Canada to bowl. It, it's arguably one of the best places to have the worlds in Canada because of the room and the seating. Yeah. It's hard. It's to cool. They have bleachers. It's the best. It, to me, it is the premier place to have the Candlepin Bowling World Championships. It's close. The, the biggest center closest to the border. And it is. And with the new hotel, the hotel's attached to the bowling alley. It's right so we there. literally, yeah, we just walked downstairs to bowl. There's so much to do for yeah. the kids. There's Are you listening, Kingswood? Right there. We want it the is, worlds, please. <laughs> I, it is one of my favorite places ever since we started going up there for that weekend warrior Dave Stewart tournament that they had. Mm -hmm. It's been one of my favorite centers, America or Canada. I I love that place and the remodel and yay, they got good pins now. Um, but they're all the same height. With that in my mind, it is the premier facility to host the yeah. worlds. To say nothing about anybody else, it's it's right in the middle and it, it is the most beautiful. It's the most amenity offering place that could have I, it. I only wish it had. <sighs> A casino nearby. That's why I like Moncton. You've got the casino. You've got some good food. Um, you, you know there are restaurants stuff. other than casinos at the Worlds, right? You don't have to go eat at a casino. You know I that, don't. right? I go to the Peg. Okay, go, but, but, but you're talking about places. how like you're like, oh, there's a casino there, and there's good food. That, well, you don't have to have a casino to have good food. Is there no casino? casino there's no casino in Fredericton. Moncton is the closest casino to Fredericton. Is yeah. it really? And then so, I think there's no casino till Halifax. From Moncton, correct. Yeah. So, long story short, um, no, I don't see them disappearing. 
I don't. There's a lot of bingo lodges near uh, Kingswood Lanes. I'm Googling it right now. Yeah. We can go sit and play some bingo with the old ladies and listen to some old school By the Canadian way, you accent. never yell bingo unless you actually have bingo. Never. They no. will kill you. They get so mad. I you, used to go with my nana. You've never seen it. You've they never seen an angry you. Canadian until you yell bingo at a bingo place and you don't have it. <laughs> they will kill they you. They play bingo on the radio. Like, some of Kelly's family lives on Camp Bellow Island, which is technically part of New Brunswick, off of Lubeck, and they have play like radio bingo. Like Canadians are serious about bingo. It's a B I N G O. It is. So anyway, we God, are, I wish uh, I had. I wish I had the wah wah wah. I miss sound. Canada. The moment I, I miss Canada. I miss hopefully, you they, guys ho- up there. Hopefully, they mm-hmm. they let us uh, dirty Americans in here. You know, I miss my Dairy Queen. When I go in up there, I don't get McDonald's or Burger King. I go to oh, Dairy, the Queen Dairy Queen. Oh, the Dairy Queen that's literally halfway between the hotel and the bowling alley in Moncton. Flamethrower Burger. Oh, yes. There's something about DQ Putin. I know it's fast food Putin, but there's it's just something about DQ there's something Putin. Ab- there's something about oh. A&W up there. A&W. Jungle Gyms. Love it. Jungle Gyms. Jungle Gyms. Got a fast, funny story. The keg. One year I was bowling on the Academy Lanes team. We had Norm Pelletier on the team with us. And at Jungle Gyms, they have a 22-ounce beer that they call the Normie. And we were sitting down drinking Normies all night long. And me and Norman, we were all hammered. And they had one of those, like, neon light-up signs that said, Home of the Normie. And Normie's underneath the picture holding the glass, like, hammered, like, yeah. So it was the Home of the Normie, baby, going up to God, I miss it. They have a burger oh. called the Headhunter that they say can't be eaten, and I've eaten it twice, and Evan Riva ate it faster than I did. Did you ever try the kitchen sink? They have the appetizer. Yes, that, that, that was my appetizer bring... to the Headhunter. You are and I'm a not kidding. champion. How the hell did you eat that, man? It was, uh, uh, there's a, a there is a, you know what, though? I will say this. There's a picture of Brian holding up his empty plate, and his face is about 342 pounds heavier than it is now. <laughs> And you could tell he 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 he's I, definitely I worked don't hard like that before. Yeah. So anyway, we're stuff, uh, we're way over, which is okay because it's bowling and we're talking. This is what uh, we do. But some of us have to get up in the morning. We go to work. I, I hope we all get up in the morning. Well, right. no, I used to like it when I could get up in the afternoon. That's what I kind of do most mornings. I wake up and I try to make sure I get my daughter off to the school bus. I come back home and Melissa comes in and wakes me up with coffee at like noon. Kind of glorious. I'm not going to lie. Like these days. My, my, my boss wakes up. Well, now with the time change, he wakes up about 530. So Oof. I, I'm drinking coffee and watching Mickey Mouse at six. Well, on that note, folks, as Put him in a plate usual, and take a nap. Oh, no. He, 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 send your, Tim, no, he, he Grabs me, pushes me down on the couch, and goes, Dada, down. And then he sits on my hip while I lay down, and he watches Mickey. That's cool. He sits on me to watch Mickey. My kid can't do that anymore. He could, but he'd probably crush you because he's bigger and taller than you. He is. I'm the short guy. Anywho. But you're the cool guy. Tim's tie-tie. Tim is tie-tie. Tim's tie-tie. Tim's got a long day ahead of him. We'll wrap her up, I guess. We'll wrap her up. As usual, folks, please get your questions, comments. Concerns about Brian will go to Mark. Concerns about Mark will go to Brian. Concerns about me go to nowhere. 
No, no, no. We'll we'll answer those questions. Oh, yes. Somebody's concerned about you. We can answer those questions. Okay. Send them to rippingtherackpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at Ripping the Rack Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Ripping the Rack Podcast. Uh, You can find us on YouTube at Ripping the Rack Podcast. Brian, where else can our listeners enjoy Ripping the Rack Podcast? Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. They can check us out on Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, and wherever else you consume your podcast media. And don't forget to check Marky and I out uh, Friday mornings at 1 a.m. here on the East Coast on Twitch for the Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling Recharge and every Sunday night on Twitch for the Dudes and Belts Wrestling Chatcast. That's the show right here. Yeah, dude. And as usual, don't forget Friday mornings. The Friday fun edition of Ripping the Rack podcast, where your tri hosts, the Triforce, dis- the Triforce, the Triforce, yes, the Triforce, will the discuss anything not related to Candleton Bowling. You want to discuss your favorite porn site? We can probably discuss that. You would like to discuss the Patriots and their amazing signings that they did today? We you still will have probably- Cam Newton. Uh, shut your pie hole. You just spent your entire fortune on Dak Prescott. You're still going I, I might be a Bears fan now. I'm flirting with the idea of going to the Bears. Just the Cowboys have hurt me too much. Come to the come to the Patriots. Come no. to the, there's always room Can't on the Patriots. It. Can't do it. Uh, we might discuss the Celtics. We could discuss the Bruins. We could discuss the Red Sox. We could discuss the Revolution. Who knows? We might even discuss some historical facts, some non-historical facts. We could discuss books. We could discuss movies. Hell, what else can't we discuss? They'll Candleton just have Bowling. To, that's They'll the have only thing we in. can't talk about. But they're going to have to check in to find out what we're talking about this week. That's they're going to have to check in. That's right. Friday mornings. So... Peace. See you. Bye, everybody.